Hello everyone, it's Dr. Sam. I'd like to welcome you to my Eye Clarity Podcast. This is a show that offers cutting edge information on how to improve your vision and overall wellness through holistic methods. I so appreciate you spending part of your day with me. If you have questions, you can send them to hello at drsamburn.com. Now to the latest Eye Clarity episode. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Sam and I want to welcome you to another Eye Clarity podcast as part of my Whole Health Summit series. We've invited one of the speakers today and uh, I just love his, well, his content and what he's putting out. His name is Dr. Seb Lomas and he is a biological dentist. He practices in the UK and he does so many interesting things. So I want to bring him on. Uh, Dr. Seb, welcome to the program. How are you doing today? I'm very well. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, I'm actually coming from the Scottish Isles right now, which is just incredible oh, scenery. I've never been either. So beautiful. It's, uh, the nature here is gorgeous. And I'm sure very good for your eyes, all of the distance focusing. <laughs> yes. eh? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. The distance focusing and the green and uh, the softness. Yeah, that's that's so true. Um, so my my first question, this is kind of a personal question. How did you get into this form of dentistry? Wow. So it's a it's a it's a great question because my my path was not linear, I guess, like all of us that end up in these type of fields. Um, I did always want to be a dentist when I was younger. I had this affinity for it. And I actually ended up not getting the grades to get into dental school first time around. So I went and studied biochemistry and I got very ill. And after a bit of traveling around South America and I met my wife who had lots of dental problems and she had had four teeth taken out when she was younger and chronic headaches, migraines and astigmatism of the eye and no one could say it was this or that and she's going to need all this expensive jaw surgery and we went to this mm. this uh dentist which was few and far between in the whole of the uk maybe five of them and i was just i was blown away i did always want to do dentistry and it we, we managed to completely undo her chronic problems that no one had answers for using a combination of osteopathy and um well or, or expansion orthodontics or airway orthodontics and it gave her breath within her system and it allowed her to um live a normal life again which was the main part of it and that all came from like the dental aspect of well more than that really but the teeth are the bit that were treated right and it was just blew my mind so then I was like right how do I get to study dentistry as quickly as I can and that put me on the fast track mm -hmm. and, and then mm -hmm. shadowing lots of these dentists in the UK that would accept me anyway. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, you know, can you study biological dentistry in dental school? How do you learn it? No, you can't, unfortunately. There's so I was actually listening to um, a book the other day called Bringers of the Dawn, which is very interesting. And it was talking about how when we learn at an institution, it's already out of date. And that so plays into the, my theory of learning it within the dental field and then moving into biological dentistry. So in tandem, I was learning the foundations of dentistry, but also shadowing and work experience and going to study 
um, the biological dentist mm -hmm. in the UK as well when I had enough time to, but it made it very mm -hmm. difficult to pass my exams because obviously you just want to implement all right. of these other things, right? That you've already learned. Absolutely. So it yeah. really comes from passion and extracurricular courses. I'm sure much like yourself, Dr. Sam. So yeah, well, yeah, my, my journey is, uh, is quite, uh, nonlinear as well. And, uh, fortunately I had, um, some great mentors when I graduated and, you know, healed my own myopia and astigmatism. And, but it was, it was a long road, as they say, a road less traveled and you're a pioneer in, you know, what you're putting out and, uh, I've got some questions from listeners, so I thought maybe that would be a way to educate us based on, and some of these questions are really good. So the first question, this is, um, this is from Bill, and he actually lives in the States. So um, where is he from? He's from Iowa, believe it or not. And he's asking, this is, he says it has a bite problem. Aside from fixing my bite, filling cavities and resolving pain, how are you different than traditional dentistry yeah it's a great question because there's I, I always break it down to four pillars i think is the main thing and and there's the first pillar for me which is very much the function of the teeth and how we can chew food and that's what most dentists do cover and we all use different materials within that field which kind of brings me on to the second mm -hmm. pillar which is biocompatible well rewind as biocompatible materials as we can have in the human body apart from our natural dead teeth structure and, and crystal and stuff mm -hmm. like that um so they're the first two really key points one fixing the teeth so they can bite properly and two using materials that are biocompatible that don't interfere or cause an oral interference to overall health and if we want to get really esoteric uh, you know a lot of a lot of um forward thinkers say that if you're using materials that don't absorb and refract the light then actually you're not the food that you chew um which is stored light you know isn't going through the meridian points that, that end within the teeth themselves which is just a mind-blowing um wow. point that i come back to a lot of the time so i try and use as translucent materials as possible which is compo composites um and bpa free because don't forget within the within the plastic material you can have estrogen mimicking compounds that can interfere in our system as well so as biocompatible as biocompatible as possible and then really the the two other parts are um infections which most dentists do cover but in the cases of root canal infections or extractions that haven't healed correctly ignore and say oh they're not causing pain or problems so that who what are they going to be doing for the body so we take a real deep dive into that and understand I mean, we've got tests and labs now that can look at the bacteria that are within these sites. But the problem is, mm -hmm. by the time you get to the site, you're halfway in the process anyway. So you may as well clean it out for the patient and do that secondly. Um, but we have 3D imaging now, right, which shows the nature and the position of the, uh, so an x-ray, sorry, that shows the position within the, um, the jawbone or the root canal, the infection around it. The 2D x-rays just don't give us that perspective. Um, and then the fourth pillar which is my favorite one at the moment and don't get me wrong the first three is super important which is about, is around the breath for me and how the teeth mm -hmm. the jaws the nasal breathing how it's all impeded or expanded by the way that we bite together the way that our jaws are 
Um, and actually, who's to say, and this is a new field anyway, I'm doing a master's on orofacial orthopedics at the moment, which is basically skeletal expansion wow. through, mm-hmm. um, you know, brace work and removal appliance therapy work. Who's to say that if you are breathing right, you're resting right, you're sleeping right, how much more easily could your body tolerate the things that we were doing at the end of the spectrum before that? You know, and that's where it's mind blown for me at the moment. Well, it brings me to my next question. This is from Lois and she follows me from Greece. And her question is about, well, she makes a comment. I don't sleep very well. I clench my teeth and my husband says I snore and I have insomnia. How does your form of dentistry help me get better sleep? Mm. It's really interesting, isn't it? And I'll try and do the quick summary around it. But if you think of it in terms of mechanics and a pipe like our airway, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. we have two access uh, access points for our airway. The first in the pr- prime primary is breathing through your nose, and you obviously you've got to have wide enough nasal apertures to breathe through there. You've got to have clear sinuses. And all of that goes through filters, humidifies the air, which then goes to the back of your adenoids, cleans it out a bit more, then goes down to your tonsils down here. And then you've got this whole pipe when it gets to obviously the the opening of the lungs. And uh, then, so if you mouth breathe, it cuts that hole out, which goes straight there to your tonsils, then to your, and doesn't humidify, doesn't do anything like that. Now, the clenching, the grinding, the snoring are all obstruction. Well, sorry, the snoring is an obstruction of the airway one way or the other, isn't it? Either the soft palate through the nose or the tongue falling back into the airway. So if if I was stood like this, you can imagine that the pipe may be about that thick there. And I always try and demo it that our tube at the back of our throat or the back of the tongue is like this. This is your spine and then this is your tongue. And if one closes, and don't forget, we breathe from our diaphragm, which sucks the air Mm. in and out. So imagine, Mm. I always say this, and don't get me wrong, I don't drink them, but imagine having a really thick smoothie in a very thin straw and trying to suck it through the straw. It's just going to collapse and you're not going to get the smoothie up up through the, or the milkshake actually is even thicker material, isn't it? You're not going to get that up there. Um, And it's very much the same. If you've got a very collapsible, narrow airway, or you have your tongue that falls back because it's not strong enough or doesn't live in the roof of your mouth because airway, tongue. So if we move up here, Mm. out the way, down here, in the way, up here, out the way, and it's micro millimeters, but it can actually affect the way that we sleep. And actually that I rave about this application on on my iPhone and obviously it's got EMFs and all of that, but I put it on airplane mode and it's called Snore Lab and you can listen to yourself breathing (laughs) at night and how how deep the (laughs) breath is and, and it goes from like quiet to, to, to medium to loud to epic. And obviously the more, the better. Mm-hmm. And I've literally just had a bit of a cold, uh, obviously when you stop work the first few days, had a sniffly nose and my snoring was the most it's ever been, you know, since I've been recording it <laughs> the last year anyway. And, uh, mm-hmm. and that was just because there were, I do the mouth tape and all of that kind of stuff because oh, there's so much information to get through. But if you're breathing through your mouth, you're cutting out that pathway of the humidifying of the air and more likely to get chest problems and lung problems and, um bacteria Mm -hmm. in there so if you tape your mouth you don't open your mouth and actually when you open your mouth and you breathe it actually gets in the way of the airway Mm -hmm. by another millimeter or so so then you're struggling to breathe and more likely to have sleep disordered breathing or most of us know sleep apnea right which is Mm -hmm. where we have to wake ourselves up to breathe in the middle of night because the nose isn't working Mm -hmm. and the the secondary root of the mouth is also not working and then you're just interrupting your sleep cycles you're not getting that regenerative sleep you're not healing essentially, right? So that's where it comes down to for me. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, one of my sayings is the nose is for breathing and the mouth is for eating. Yeah. And you got to do nose breathing. Uh, there's some, so many factors involved with it. Uh, but uh, I love your passion and your your expertise and your curiosity of continually learning. So we're here with Dr. Seb, Seb Lomez. He's a biological dentist from the UK. He's one of our featured speakers in my upcoming Whole Health Summit, January 14th to the 16th, 2022. So excited to have him on board. Let's move to the next question. Uh, this is from Julie, and she lives in Germany, and she's asking, are there things I can do naturally to improve gum disease? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, so many things. I mean, the first thing you've got to look at is nutrients, minerals, you know, how are they in mm -hmm. your system? You know, because a lot of us overlook, you know, the vitamins, the obviously C, we all know from the scurvy days, um, but mm -hmm. also vitamin A is a very, a very newly talked about vitamin in gum disease, which is really interesting, mm -hmm. but also the B vitamins, mm -hmm. they're the, they're mm -hmm. the three foundational um, vitamins and nutrients mm -hmm. for gum disease for me. And that's dealing from your, yourself and how your body can be better attached and stronger within that, that point of view from a gum disease perspective. But also then we have the bacteria that are living within the mouth and how we can minimize them or influence them to have a better um, balance between the good and the bad. And when I say bad, I mean the ones that are more likely to cause uh, potential disease within the mouth, such as gum disease. And for me, my favorite thing of all time is coconut oil pulling. And if you want to use coconut oil, which is already antibacterial, fungal, viral, you can add in essential oils, make sure you get some good essential oils and you can get ones that also influence the I personally like essential oils because they are bacteria static. They're not sidal. They don't kill off mm -hmm. everything. It's not like an antibiotic. And don't get me wrong, if you have a high concentration, yes, it probably is. But if you have a low concentration of essential oil that you're swishing around in, in a coconut oil, you're just you're pushing that dynamic equilibrium in the way of um, the, the good bacteria being able to thrive and the bad ones not being able to survive. And for me, that's the second part of the balance. And then don't forget, we've got the structure, right? We've got how our teeth meet together. And if you've got a tooth that's kind of crooked and back bouncing into another tooth that's kind of in the way of it, your gum, you imagine the root of your tooth is gonna be pushing in different ways. So if you're constantly biting in that, that's just gonna push the gum or push the tooth through the bone into the gum. And you've got the way that the teeth bite, but also clenching on our teeth and putting pressure on them, which is a reflex for us to breathe at night because it tenses that muscle of the airway and allows us to breathe that can also weaken the gums. And I see these classic signs in my patients that have been to every other dentist and they say, oh, you're gonna lose your teeth at 40. And one thing that they've never covered is the pressure they're putting on their teeth, the crowding that they've got in their mouth. And they have this very specific pattern of just the gum disease being in the upper um, back teeth, um, which is the lower jaw, the one that smashes into the top jaw. And it's the less dense bone at the top compared to the lower as well. So they're the first ones that start going and wobbling in. So yeah, there's so many things you can do and you've just got to cover each of the aspects, but you can influence easily with vitamins, um, minerals and oil pulling and obviously the good oral, oral um, care hygiene as your dentist would recommend to you anyway. Sure, sure. Yeah, I love that. And you're covering all the bases there. I'm a big aromatherapy uh, mm -hmm. proponent also. In fact, one of our sponsors for the summit, Still Point Aromatics, Nice. Um, they're, I, I just a firm believer in essential oils and use them in my own gum health. So, um, that's, that's great. That really, really good. 
All right, next question. Um, this is from Felicia. She's from Chicago. And she says, my dentist will always advocates root canals. What is your opinion of this procedure? Depends what you want out of the procedure, I guess. If you're, yes. if, if, if you're wanting a tooth to remain within the mouth to chew your food, then it's the best possible outcome. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And probably the most cost-effective um, on the long term. Mm -hmm. Now, I always say before a root canal is needed, please try and save the tooth before you get to that stage by going to the mm -hmm. dentist regularly, seeing what's going on and coming up with other ideas. There's materials nowadays that an ozone therapy and biodentine as a, as a filling material that really, I would say, let's just take the last year, um, for example, I must have done at least 50 of them of other the patients that have been to dentists and said, right, you're gonna need a root canal or an extraction of the tooth. And we try this and let's say 80% mm -hmm. of them have worked out and that's a small oh, wow. fraction of the the cost of losing mm -hmm. a tooth or you know and, oh, yeah. and the problem with root canals is our teeth are very very porous and i think there's like 3000 miles of dentinal tubules within a tooth um and to put it mm -hmm. from an inorganic perspective our, our enamel which is the hard bit over our tooth is 97% inorganic which is so hardly any porosity is like 3% holes mm -hmm. or water within it but the substance underneath it which is the most of the tooth is dentine and dentine is 70% inorganic and 30% water and things that are made up of it. So imagine that 30% mm. when a tooth's not alive and it's been filled through the middle, you have all of these porosities around it that can, can, that can allow bacteria to live within there. And the, I guess the problem is we never know what bacteria are gonna work within that mouth or within your system. And we don't know the mm -hmm. risk it's gonna cause to your health. But if someone comes to me for a chronic condition, I say, even if they're not showing huge signs of infection, for me, I wouldn't want them in my mouth if I'm trying to get on top of a disease that I, no one has the answers to. Um, but if you're fit, you're healthy, you've got no problems, it's your choice. And I always like to say it's informed consent. As long as you've done the research and read the books that I recommend and both had a look at both sides of the story, if you want a tooth to function, root canal is the best option, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. But, but yes, overall yeah. longevity and health, maybe not. I, I I see so many people who've had root canals and they have these chronic eye inflammation issues and eye disease, floaters, uh, you know, all kinds of things in this chronic bacterial uh, infection that they're living with. Um, you know, yeah. I don't like them. And, you know, you can offer so many alternatives being proactive and then offering these these great complementary things is one of the reasons why I so strongly advocate for everyone to work with a dentist like you because you're holistic you see the connection of the teeth to our health and wellness and you know that's what i'm all about also so we are here with dr seb lomas he's a biological dentist from the uk he's going to be one of our featured speakers at my whole health summit and we're coming down to the end of the interview we're going to take one more question this is from lisa who lives in los angeles and she wants to know what are the benefits that you see in ozone therapy? Gosh, yeah, ozone is just incredible. Um, for it's me, amazing, it delivers. It? Yeah, yeah, it delivers such a punch because it's it's yeah. three oxygen atoms, and when you have two oxygen atoms, that's the air that we breathe or the component that we take within to mm -hmm. oxygenate our cells. But when you have another one bonded to it, it has this charge on it that can go around. It's very volatile, and it goes around, and it can dissociate from the two. 
And when you're delivering it specifically to an area, like for example, the main times that I will use it in, in dentistry that is, is when a very deep filling, like we were just talking around, if it's got deep decay close to the nerve, take out as much as I dare, and then ozone gas the top of that, which is an antibacterial mm -hmm. viral um, totally. inhibitor, you know, of the ozone oxygen atom mm -hmm. that's going around on its own doing that. But it also lowers the inflammation because it's delivering the oxygen to the area as well to help with the healing. And our tooth roots, for example, very small and at the bottom, and don't forget they're crystals. So when they're in the jawbone and you've got your nerve and your blood supply coming into the other side, if they're crying out for help at the top here, it's normally the inflammation that can actually cause the tooth to die because it cuts off the blood supply into the middle. And it, even about 6% of traumas, if you just have smacked your head or knocked your teeth, that can cause a tooth to die mm -hmm. um, just because sure. of the inflammation that builds up underneath the root. So you're mm -hmm. covering off the anti-everything, viral, bacterial, fungal aspect, but you're also delivering the oxygen to it as well. And that comes in massively when we're removing infections from the jawbone and cleaning out. And we use a therapy where we take blood from the arm and spin it back up and put it back into the socket to allow for better healing. Mm. Because don't forget wow. our gums heal very quickly, but the bone underneath doesn't. So we have to fill the void yeah. before the gum heals and that lets bugs in or, or however. Another silent infection, for example. So cleaning out all of these mm -hmm. aspects is, is fantastic. And we have to remember that our mouth is a very contaminated place. It's um, so many bugs living in our mouth. And that's what feeds our microbiome as we swallow 2,500 times a day as well. So it really does start in the mouth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, fantastic. Uh, I'm so looking forward to having you uh, at the summit. Uh, Dr. Seb, how can people get in touch with you? Well, I guess the, the most active for me um, is on Instagram and it's um, biological underscore dentist. And it will just come out of Dr. Seb mm -hmm. and, and that'll be on there. And Send me a voice note if you've got questions. I try and get back as quickly as I can, um, but yes. I'm off on holiday until the 4th, so probably won't receive too much <laughs> until that time. But um, no, that is the best way to contact me. Or we have a website called mm -hmm. wonderofwellness.co.uk, which um, has a lot of information around the type of procedures that I um, advocate mm -hmm. um, and why yeah. I do so as well. So yeah, they're the main reasons. So thank you. Yeah, I so endorse uh, what you're doing. And yes, your Instagram is so active. I love your your posts. And uh, folks, I want you to check this gentleman out, Dr. Seb Lomez, biological dentist from the UK. And I want to thank you so much for being part of the show today. I look forward to seeing you at the summit. And I wish you a great rest of your holiday. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. It's been such an honor and I can't wait to share some more information with you as well. And thank you for everything you're doing, Dr. Sam. Thank you for listening. I hope you learned something from the iClarity podcast show today. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and leave a review. See you here next time.